Hi, it's Lou and welcome back. We're having an amazing day in Atlanta. It's raining right now and uh, hopefully you're having a fantastic day. Uh, we are going to talk about what's happening right now in the market. We, in fact, over the last four weeks, we've talked about a number of different topics and kind of an exciting time to be in this business. No doubt about it. You know, I'm going into my fifth real estate cycle here and uh, you know, I've been here and done that <laughs> and seen that in the past. And the reason I say this is exciting times is because this one's going to be different than others. And, you know, just kind of recap a couple of things that I shared in uh, prior uh, Facebook live, by the way, welcome Facebook, welcome YouTube, welcome all of my licensees from all over the country that are certified affordable housing providers and our house monster members and all of you good folks out there. So one of the great things we have in, in this country is the ability to navigate certain markets. And of course, sometimes when the markets are where all the buyers are there, you know, people who want to live in the homes are there in the marketplace. It makes it difficult as an investor. But on the other hand, uh, there's opportunities there as well. And one of the things I always know is that if we have a buyer, if you have a buyer, then it makes it much easier to make some money because you know what your buyer can afford, you know, what they have to put down, you know, what they can pay on a monthly basis, you know, what their credit looks like. And now all we have to do is go find a house that they would like that costs less and we make that spread in between. And I love that for its safety, because right now we're going into that uneasy time where we don't know when they're going to cut the lights out. And we have learned in other markets that definitely there is a day that they just cut the lights out. And we've actually seen it over the last week, right? When the pipeline suddenly, there was a cyber attack and ransom and all this sort of thing. They only want $50 million ransom to give them back their, their, what they already own, which is their software and access to their software. But they're saying, <clears throat> you know, that right now we're going to have some upheaval and certainly we've seen the increases in the gas prices. Well, that's exactly what I'm talking about when it comes to real estate. There's going to be a day where something occurs. And when that thing occurs, everything's going to go shift, 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 just like that. Uh, so always know that in a market like this, we want to navigate that as best we can. And that's one of the reasons I love the model that we created in what 2009 when everything crashed before. And I said, you know, what, what have my problems been in this business? And it's always been in the selling side of the business, not in the buying side of the business. So always think to yourself, do I have a customer? If you have any concerns at all about the market, if you have any concerns at all about the price that you might pay for a property, those things are relative if you have a buyer. So we're looking at the down payment that our folks are giving us. One of the shifts that we've made in our business is that we're not doing rentals right now. We're only doing our path to home ownership, uh, silver, gold, and platinum levels, but we're not doing the bronze level, which is the rent level. Why? Because there's risk involved. And if someone moves into your property and then suddenly stops paying, well, what kind of cushion do we really have if they're just a renter? We have that security deposit, but basically that's all we have. So in our world, we're getting at least 3.7% down. We're definitely confirming that they have solid jobs. They've been on the job for a while. It would be very painful to leave that job. And that the job itself is a secure environment, that it's a solid job that people need and uh, that these folks can actually not only afford, but we can verify their income that they can afford the place that they're moving into. So that's my advice for you as we look into the marketplace that we have right now and the opportunities that we have right now. Now there will be opportunities certainly down the pike. And I want you to be aware of those opportunities as we progress. 
And we're going to be talking about this along the way. You know, this week, for example, at my Millionaire Jumpstart, we're going to be doing that um, Friday, Saturday and Sunday uh, in Las Vegas. And we would love to have you there. Absolutely, positively love to have you there. Millionairejumpstart.com. You can check it out. But here's the thing that I want to alert you to is that we talk about the market as the market stands at that time. So at my jump starts, it's always about where do we stand right now? What do we do right now? And uh, what do you say? How do you say it? And one of the distinctions that we have is working with title companies, working with real estate agents, working with mortgage brokers. There's a steady stream of opportunity coming uh, that, that does come our way simply because of those relationships. So I'm going to be talking about building those relationships, what to say, how to say it. We're going to be talking about raising money for your deals. Now, remember I'm the guy who's never been to the bank. I don't go to the bank. I don't qualify for loans. Never have in over 40 years of being in this business of buying, holding and selling, not even for the house that I live in. No, never been to the bank, never qualified for a loan on a single family or small multifamily property. So that's a big deal. And that's something that I want to teach you what to say and how to say it, because guess what? There's plenty of money out there in people's checking accounts, in their IRAs, in their 401ks that they would love to deploy using safe, secure real estate. And so we've definitely dialed in uh, all those things. I'm going to be teaching that at millionairejumpstart.com as well at uh, when we're there in Vegas. So love to have you come join me. Um, and we're going to have a blast. Always love being in Vegas. Always love uh, the great people that we get there. We just get such a, a great uh, room of folks. Um, there at the event. And by the way, I've already looked at the list. We have over 15 states coming right now. So there's people coming from all over the country, from New York, from Florida, from Georgia, from, uh, from the East coast, as well as the West coast, for sure. All up and down the West coast, we got people coming. So definitely love to have you there and uh, talk about today's market and where we're at in, in today's market. So talking about today's market, Lou, uh, we've got a couple questions from Truth Be Three Told. And the first one is, good afternoon, Lou. My name is Carlton Perkins. I live in Georgia. My wife and I see that there is an opportunity with pre-foreclosures to obtain properties for our clients. So the question is, how do we obtain pre-foreclosure listings from the county? Well, Carlton, you don't. Uh, those things don't come out in the county's hands until they're actually published in the newspaper. And Carlton, since you're from Georgia, I can talk to you on the, the level of what happens in Georgia. First of all, there's a notification that goes to the person that lets them know they're in default. And then secondly, there's a publication. Now this publication has to happen four times and it has to happen in the county organ of legal notices. So each county chooses a publisher that now puts out those legal notices. So find out who that is in your county and then, or the county that you want to invest in. And then you could subscribe to that or you can get that online, but that's the only official notice that goes out. Carlton, the better place to get your leads is early on. Where you want to get your leads from is, um, is not really known out there in the world, uh, but there are lists that are sold to mortgage brokers of people that are in default. And so we're able to access those lists. And you see what happens is people in default are ones that end up being foreclosed on. Right. And the hope, the dream, the vision is that maybe they can get refinanced. Maybe they have enough equity in their home. And so those mortgage brokers go after those folks and we have access to those lists. So we have a, we have a number of different relationships, Carlton, that are specific to what we do and how we do it. We call them whizzes. And we've got sign whiz, voice whiz, mail whiz, credit whiz, mortgage whiz. And one of ours is mail home whiz. 
where they're able to obtain these lists and mail these lists for you and get those kind of leads. So we can definitely help you with that as well, Carlton. Carlton had a uh, kind of a follow-up. He went to DeKalb, DeKalb County mm -hmm. and could not get a list from them. So that's basically what you were saying. That's what I'm saying is they, they're not going to give you a list. <laughs> the only list you would be able to get is maybe the day before it actually comes out in the newspaper from the publisher. And that's really too late. Yeah, that's way too late. And especially in Georgia, because it's only a, a 30 day advertising cycle. And then the first Tuesday of the following month is when it's sold on the courthouse steps and there is no right of redemption in Georgia. So, Hey, you, 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 get foreclosed on and you're done with that particular property. Wow. So Jay Jackson had a, a question or a comment. When a property is purchased, do you need a special government approved form to convert tenants deposits into a non-refundable move-in fee? When a property is purchased, do you need a special government approved form to convert tenants deposits? Okay. Uh, so what you do here, uh, Jay, is that you would actually have a conversation with the resident that you've just taken on. So in other words, when you purchase a property that already has a resident in place, then they already have a legal right to be there. Now there may be a written agreement. There may not be a written agreement, but just buying a property does not eliminate that relationship with that resident. You, in other words, buy the property, along with the resident that lives there. So what can happen is an offer where you sit down with the resident and you talk about your program and why your program may be an improvement over the current relationship they had with the old landlord that you've now taken over. So what I suggest of course, is our certified affordable housing provider and you become a certified affordable housing provider. And now you offer them the opportunity to someday have home ownership. And that's a very powerful thing. You know, when people join us, uh, we give them our book. It's called never pay rent again, the path to home ownership. And, this is something to help guide people in their process of actually purchasing a property. And one of the things that we do is we establish a relationship with our residents to give them up to three years to buy. And then every month that they pay on time, they earn a credit towards their down payment. So we're helping them to build up that down payment every month that they do what they're supposed to do and what they agree to do, which is pay the payment on time. They earn that on time credit towards their purchase of the home. So, so it, Jay, it gives you a real opportunity to create a different kind of relationship with that tenant than just a landlord tenant relationship. It's this question actually is really good timing because I was talking to a friend of mine who owns, I think 40 uh, rentals and he's moving out of rentals, but uh, he was telling me that he wanted to, uh, he wanted, he actually bought a place and he wanted to get, get rid of the tenants. The tenants had not done anything in terms of not paying or anything. They were all up to date and they actually went to court and the judge said, we're not kicking anybody out of anywhere right. for, you know, he, they, the judge said till September, we'll see if it actually starts in September or not. So uh, you have to work with the people that are there and you're pretty much not going to be able to get rid of them. If, uh, if there's a problem. Correct. If they have a year's agreement, if they in place, maybe they have a year's uh, rental agreement in place and maybe only six months of that is used up at the time that you purchase the property, you have to honor that other six months before you can change that agreement at all. So it's only by agreement with that resident that you're able to change that agreement. Yeah. And uh, Mary Ann has a, a question that having to do with trusts and LLCs. So I know you'll love this one. Lease option with a seller. I can't buy in a land trust. I think you said you don't need an LLC to use when lease optioning from a seller. What do we use? I think you said we don't need an LLC. Well, what I'm not clear, Marianne, about what you mean that you can't buy in a land trust. What uh, the seller has at, if you're going to lease option from the seller, what the seller has is the deed to the property. 
what you want to do with that seller is to create a situation where you can get the deed when you want to exercise your option to buy. So what I suggest is that that deed, the seller's deed be placed in escrow. In other words, with the seller's full cooperation, knowledge and consent that they're, they're, they sign a deed, it's placed in escrow with escrow instructions. Marianne, that essentially states that when you do what you said you are going to do, then you can get the deed from this third party. And the reason this is so important, Marianne, is because that, that owner of the property, they could pass away. They could get into a lawsuit. They could, they could have all kinds of issues that could prevent you from getting your deed at the, the appropriate time that you want to exercise your option. For example, when your buyer wants to buy the property, we want to be able to deliver a deed to them. So in my volume nine lease options, and you can go to streetsmartinvestor.com uh, and then pull down the tools menu and look at volume nine lease options. And what you'd be able to find is the whole full system where we have those escrow instructions in there. But Marianne, I would not buy a property on a lease with the option to buy from a seller without that deed going into escrow period. Great answer. So before we get on to our next topic, we want to just show you this. There, that should have got everybody's hearts pounding, Lou. So tell us a little bit about what people can expect at Millionaire Jumpstart. And that's only a couple of days away. It's still not too late to go, everybody. I'll put a link below. You know, I love doing Millionaire Jumpstart. And when I named that uh, almost two decades ago, uh, maybe it's been that long. Um, I named it because it's Millionaire Jump Start. Now, the fun thing about it is we have a lot of millionaires who do show up for the event as well. But I love the fact that we can go to ground zero and really talk about where people are at right now and then build a business. So what many people never get around to is actually doing a business plan. And People know they need a business plan. I ask people in class all the time, hey, how many of you know that you need a business plan? And of course, all the hands go up. And I said, how many of you have not gotten around to doing a business plan? And all the hands go up. <laughs> and then I say, well, let's do that together. And that's one of the things we do at Millionaire Jumpstart. And then as we are going through that business plan, I'm rolling out the business. So we're literally looking at the marketing. Where are we finding these leads and where do we find no competition deals? And through certain types of marketing, we're able to get those kind of leads. And then the next part of the business is protecting all that you create using trusts. So I love to teach land trusts and personal property trusts and show people that there is a way that you can put yourself in an environment that can totally protect you. Now I call it uh, protection where you're in a protected environment, probate avoidance so that no matter what happens, somebody dies, boom, it passes to the heirs without having to go through the pain, the suffering, the delay and the expense of probate. I love teaching about the profits that you can access because you're using trusts. Uh, so privacy is another aspect. So those are the four P's of trusts that I teach there at the event. Now, in addition to that, we're going to be talking about holding properties long-term versus flips and the cash that's available when you do that, because there is an amazing profit center that you can create out of the business. In fact, 25 profit centers over and above what typical landlord makes. And because you're able to serve your clients in a certain way and provide things to them. So I want to reveal all of that. And one of the things that we're going to be doing there in the acquisition side, in the buying side, we're going to be covering my famous presentation, what to say and how to say it to a seller 
And then we're going to be going through my cost to sell worksheet. Now, while we're together, you're going to get an amazing manual. And this manual is chock full and it's got some of my very best documents in here. Things that took me years to create and a lot of expense in putting together. I'm going to be providing you that as part of this. So it's a great opportunity. I would love to see you guys there live and in person. You can go to millionairejumpstart.com. We've got a few seats available and we're going to have a fantastic time while we're together, but this is work now. So we are going to start at 8.30 in the morning. We're going to be go about 7.30 at night on the first two days and 5.30 on the third day. So this is going to be Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. This is going to be May 14, 15, and 16. Definitely recommend that you get yourself there. No matter what, this is going to be a great opportunity for you. All right. So we've got a couple more questions. Truth sure. be told, wanted to, I guess, follow up on a subject two. We received the deed from the seller, correct? Whereas the agreement of the deed means that we do not have the deed, correct? Does the deed go into escrow in both situations? Great question. Okay. All right. So, uh, first of all, when you're purchasing a property subject to the existing loan, you are getting the deed to that property. So you'll actually have the deed. It's not going to be an escrow. You're going to have the deed on that property. Now, if the seller will not allow you, well, probably that's because you don't have the skills to show the seller what is in it for them. Because anytime that we're taking over existing financing on the property, there's always something in it for the seller, meaning that we're offering them more for their property because of the fact that they're allowing us to take over their existing financing on the property. Now I'm going to be teaching that at Beginner Jumpstart because we're going to be going through the cost to sell worksheet. And that's where we show the seller that we can actually increase our offer simply by taking over their, their existing financing. So to answer your question, you're going to get the deed on a subject too. Now, when it's an agreement for deed, that means the seller is keeping their deed. And if the seller's keeping their deed, that indeed, I recommend that that go into escrow and using the same explanation that I was giving before to Marianne, you want that deed to go in escrow with escrow instructions. Now this is my volume 10 owner financing at streetsmartinvestor.com that not only has the explanation and the step-by-step -step process and the forms and the formats and the formulas, it also has those escrow instructions as well. Great answer. Thanks. So Marianne has another question. So with the lease option with seller, if I don't buy in a land trust, what do I write on top of the agreement? Do I put my name if I don't have an LLC? So the quick well, answer would be get a land trust. <laughs> <laughs> Why not do a land trust, Marianne? I mean, that's really the answer. And by the way, that protects the seller too. So that if anything happens to you, if anybody sues you, if any, if you were to pass away, anything like that, the fact that that relationship and that document uh, is in a trust is actually a protection for the seller as well. So when you get the skills, again, there are ways to say certain things that clarifies things for the seller. And those are the things that you need to learn. You don't want to wing this because many times we're talking about a significant profit in these properties. And by the way, the seller knows that we're making a profit. We make it clear to them that we can't buy their property if we can't make a profit. And they allow for that. When we do that cost to sell worksheet, they actually grant us uh, a, a certain amount for the fact that we're purchasing the property uh, from them. So they understand that we're making a profit on here, and we're bringing something special to the table because of the fact that they are not going to have to go through the typical pain and suffering of selling a property because definitely deals fall apart all the time because people can't qualify for loans and they've got to fix things and they've got to do all kinds of things that they don't have to do when they sell a property to us. Yeah. And 30% of the people who could qualify for a loan at the beginning of 2020, 
at a bank no longer can. So that pool has definitely shrunk. And it occurs to me, uh, Lou, as we're talking about the lease option and uh, seller financing, that there may be people watching who don't know what a lease option is and don't know what seller financing is. So I thought, why don't we just take a short, we'll just call it a short break. <laughs> and if you can tell everybody quickly, uh, you know, yeah. what is lease option? What's seller financing? And why would somebody do that instead of just putting it on MLS? Well, my favorite way to buy is to get the deed from the seller. But if I can't get the deed and to make the seller feel comfortable and confident, then we're going to step down to agreement for deed, meaning that the seller keeps their deed and we, we make the payments. We do what we said we're going to do. And after a period of time, then the seller gives us the deed to the property. So that's another solution. Um, now, if we can't get the agreement for deed, then we step down. I call it a step down to lease with the option to buy. That means that we're going to lease the property from the seller and separately, we're going to do an option to purchase that property. So we're going to, with that option, we're going to know exactly what the terms of our purchase are going to be. And that's going to tell us the number that's going to tell us the amount that we're paying for the property. That's going to tell what time frame that you have in order to exercise your option to buy. And everybody agrees to that upfront. So you actually have a right to that property. Even if that seller sold it to someone else, just like we were talking earlier about a lease, a, a house comes with a lease. If there's a tenant in place, well, in this case, uh, if they sold it to someone else, whomever bought that would have to honor your option to purchase as well. Great. So we've got a bunch more questions from Jay and Carlton. So we'll start with Jay's with a lease option. When a deed goes into escrow, whose name is on it seller only, or does it include the first option E or the secondary buyer? Interesting question, Jay. Well, Jay, no, it does. It, it, whomever is going to be purchasing the property is whose name would be on there. I would not involve your potential buyer of the property because they could come, they could go, things could happen in that relationship that definitely we don't want that to interfere with the relationship we have with the seller. So we want to have our entity, which in my world, that would be a trust and that trust would be purchasing the property. So it'd have the option, the trust would have the option to purchase that property at a given amount and within a given period of time. And that's what name would be at the top. It'd be the name of the trust and the trustee. Great. Carlson has two questions here. Uh, we have purchased the whole enchilada junior, the first five volumes of your system. Congratulations, Carlton. You made a wise decision. <laughs> Do you discuss obtaining private money in any of the subsequent volumes? Well, Carlton, that's a great question. And right on the back of your system, in fact, you can see the whole system. And so you're absolutely right that you have the foundation right there, the first five volumes. And as you go deeper into your business, there's deeper aspects of growing your business. And so we definitely are with you all along the way because we've helped lots of people build multi-million dollar businesses as we have. And we certainly want to provide you all the right documents at the right time. So certainly volume six borrowing is where we teach you about borrowing money, both publicly from private, from hard money lenders, as well as traditional banks, as well as private money sources. And yes, there is a script with this, that. Yes, there is a presentation that you do with a potential lender. And, uh, and we lay that all out for you in volume six borrowing. And you can go to streetsmartinvestor.com uh, in the tools section and see that one. There you go. So his follow-up question is, if we want to purchase a property for a personal residence, since mortgage rates are low, would you recommend getting a loan from a bank? <laughs> well, you know, the, the truth be told, <laughs> I don't know who your name is, uh, but truth be told. This is Carlton. This is Carlton. Okay. Carlton, listen, man, once you learn that the seller can be the bank, you'll never go to a bank again. 
And I was fortunate enough at 18 years old to learn that the seller could be the bank. And I never forgot that. <laughs> and once I learned, you know, the process of showing the seller what was in it for them and showing them how valuable it is to be the bank. And it's actually much better than the risk of the stock market and what have you, then I've never had to go to the bank. So to answer your question, yes, interest rates are low. And yes, you could likely qualify for one of those great loans that they have available, but why? I mean, I have the same opportunity as well. Why would I do that when I can have a seller be the bank? And oh, by the way, there's no points. There's no closing costs. It's just so much cheaper to be able to work with a seller than to go through the traditional means. Yeah, I was going to add to that. I think Lou, you said at the last event that uh, if you sit down and find out what's the problem that the seller has, and then you solve that problem, uh, I, you might end up saying you're solving it in such a way that the interest rate is actually zero, right? Or, you know, and then as you said, there's always fees, there's always points, there's always this small print that turns what looks like a really good deal into a really bad deal. <laughs> and if you're the one writing the agreement instead of the bank, then you make sure all those small print uh, things are in your favor, not in the bank's favor. Well, and the sellers love it too. You know, many times sellers haven't even thought about the possibility of having an income stream from the property. And so they expect that, Hey, the only way you sell a house is you sell it and you get the hunk of money, you put it in the bank and it's sitting there at 0.0% interest anyway. Um, and what if they could receive an income stream from that property. Well, many times they go, yes, I would like that. I'd like to have that supplemental income coming in every month. And so sure enough, we're able to show them how it works out for them. Yeah. Yeah. This is all about solving problems and being creative in the solving uh, problem situation. So Marianne is confused. She was told you can't buy a lease option in a land trust because we're only leasing. Okay, Marianne, you just understand what I'm suggesting is the seller would place their property into their land trust, not yours, but your agreement would be with that land trust to purchase the beneficial interest of that trust from that trust at the time that you exercise your option to buy. You really need to get to a training, Marianne. <laughs> That, that was what I was going to say is come to Millionaire Jumpstart and uh, it'll all be explained and you won't be confused. We'd love to have you. We're actually going to, you know, when we do the documents and we go through the documents, you'll understand the process because all of my systems are designed that way. All of my systems are designed so that you're getting a step-by-step -step flow of documentation as well. So you won't be confused. And the reason, Lou, that you have this system in place is because over the last 40 years, you've figured out, oh, here's a problem. And if I put it into my system and deal with it beforehand, it doesn't become a problem. Yeah. And in some cases, I've paid a very significant price to learn that lesson. And so I try to put it, anytime I learn a lesson, I want to put that into the documents so that we don't ever have to learn that lesson again. Yes. And all of my licensees have the benefit of not having to learn those lessons for themselves. Right. So Edward has a question on the cost to sell sheet. Can you explain sellers total cost to sell how you express it to a seller? So before you jump in on this one, Lou, I just want to explain to everybody that the, our process is such that when we, we actually sit down with the seller of the home that we want to purchase, and we go through a process and documentation with them that at the end, the seller and whoever is going to be buying it, the licensee or Lou, agree that this is probably the best price. So you, you kind of get away from this whole lowballing because they've gone through that process with you. So I just wanted, so when it talks about the sets, for people that don't know, when it talks about seller's cost to sell, we're talking about having gone through this process so that the seller knows why you've come up with the number you've come up with. 
Good point, Scott. And this is our presentation kit. So literally you're going through an explanation of who you are and what you do and how you operate and how you can help and how you're different than others. And then the types of offers that you have to make, what it typically costs to sell a home, people that you've worked with in the past and, or people that uh, we as colleagues have worked in the past and that we have different types of offers that we can make and we need certain documentation in order to make those offers. And then we get into what we call our cost to sell worksheet. Well, here on the cost to sell worksheet, Ned, this is what you're asking me about. And this cost to sell worksheet is magic. And like you said, when you get down to the final total cost to sell, what do you say? Well, what you say is, would you agree that if you were to sell the house the traditional way, these would be your expenses as well. So what has happened is we went through a cost to sell worksheet, but it was your cost to sell their home. When you buy the home, when you go to sell the home, you're going to have expenses if you sell it the traditional way. And so you're going through a process of calculating that, but also educating the seller on the true cost to sell a home. And then when we get to our final total cost to sell, then we ask them, would you agree that these would be your expenses as well? Well, sure enough, they do agree because it's so obvious. They've actually gone through a process of seeing all of these different expenses and agreeing that these would be their expenses as well. And then you get to that final bottom line number. And if they like that number, you're done. And, and you're buying that property for cash. So our first offer is always a cash offer. If they like that, then you're done because you've already built in your cost of funds to borrow the money for the purchase of that home. But if they don't like that offer, not a problem. You can go back and show them how you can increase that offer by adjusting some of the things on the cost to sell worksheet. Great question, Ed. And, uh, I'm pretty, yes. Carlton has another question on the subject of subject two. Are we assuming the payments for the existing mortgage? Would we be paying the lender directly? It would seem so since we now have the deed. Absolutely, Carlton. So you would take over the payment on that property and you would make sure that you are making that payment. And what you are doing is blessing your seller because you're helping their credit. Some cases we're buying properties where the seller's behind, sometimes significantly behind. We're bringing those payments current. That helps the seller's credit. Now we're going to be making those payments on time and that's going to help the seller's credit on an ongoing basis. So definitely you're going to be making the payments. You're going to be making them directly to the lender. If, the seller wants to confirm that those payments are being made. They have access to the account just like you do. So you would be, they would be able to go in and see that those payments are being made. And one thing I just want to add Lou is just think about it for a second. The person's selling, they're behind in their payments. They could get foreclosed on. If they go through foreclosure, that's on their credit report for between seven and 10 years. And I just discovered that it doesn't come off unless you go through a bit of a process to take it off after that seven to 10 year process, which means that they could not buy a house from a, using bank financing for probably 10 years and maybe longer, depending on if the rules change in the next 10 years. So when you go and you're helping somebody who's in distress, you know, they would not be able to own a house for 10 years if you didn't come in and help them. And I think that's one of the things that people don't think about a lot is like, this makes a huge difference in what, in what they're doing. Uh, now, Carl, huge benefit to the yeah. seller, no doubt about it. And, yeah. um, and there's, there's actually an exception built into the Dodd-Frank act that benefits sellers that sell this way when it can be shown that it was taken over by someone else and is being paid by someone else, then that does not have to be counted when they apply for a new loan for another property. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that. So we've got two more questions from Marianne and Edward, but I want to just bring Carlton's back on because uh, we've been talking about his issues and he has a follow-up. So the cost to sell is useful to show the seller why it is more beneficial to work with us using creative financing instead of the traditional methods. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's always starts with what is the seller's situation. Once we find out what their situation is, we can show them how there's absolute benefit to them from working with us instead of going the traditional route. Cool. And we're getting close to the end. So if you have any questions, don't wait. We've got two more. I'm going to bring up or one question and one comment. I'm going to bring up Ed's first because Ed says, if we've been to Millionaire Jumpstart, can we watch online? And before you answer, Lou, Ed, please put a little comment in about how incredible Millionaire Jumpstart was so we can share it with everybody that's watching right now. And then now over to you, Lou. I would love that. And Ed, absolutely call the office 1-800-578-8580, 1-800-578-8580. We always want to open the door as wide as possible. And definitely our previous clients are even more benefited by going to the class again. The reason is it's sort of like, have you ever watched a movie and then you watched it again and all of a sudden you're starting to see all kinds of things you did not see the first time. That's exactly how Millionaire Jumpstart goes. So I encourage people to come back and back and back and back and back because you're really solidifying your understanding of things and how it goes and what to do and how to do it, what to say and how to say it. So absolutely. I recommend that you come back. Yeah. And I would add to that, that if you want to have success that one of your mentors has, in this case, Lou, you don't get it by going to one thing once and then never doing it again. You get it by rereading the book. You get it by watching the live streams with us. You get it by going to all the events over and over and over again, because we need, it's not just that we need repetition, generally speaking, for that to sink in, but, and Lou, you often say people come up to you and say, I've been here three times. You've never said that before. And you've said it every time. Sometimes you're not ready to hear. But the other thing is, and I think this is even more important is when you're immersed in something, then your attitudes and your beliefs and everything morph to what you're immersed in. So if you're immersed in the bold and the beautiful TV soap opera on TV in the <laughs> afternoons, then that's what your life is going to be like. Not what it shows on TV, but basically, you know, sitting around and, and not achieving your goals. But when you come to Millionaire Jumpstart, you come to the other events that we put on throughout the year, you participate in our live streams. Uh, then what happens is, is that you start moving so almost subconsciously towards those goals that you want. And when you have your subconscious and your conscious working together, it's a pretty impressive uh, power packed uh, combo that'll bring you success. So with Scott, that, you're exactly right. Because one of the things I've, I've watched people do is absolutely evolve from no, not knowing anything about real estate to becoming multimillionaires in real estate. It's one of my favorite things in life is to help people grow in that way. And, and they're serving the public, they're serving their local community and they're helping people to, you know, achieve what their goals are while they're achieving their own goals. It's a, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. It is a beautiful thing. It's so rewarding to see someone, you know, five years ago and they don't know what they're doing. And then, now they're buying and selling houses and they're confident and, and everything is going the way they want. By the way, let me make a comment. I just realized everybody that comes to Millionaire Jumpstart, you're going to get my book, Doing Good While Doing Well, How Real Estate Investors Provide a Service and Make a Difference. And the cool thing about this is you get to read about people all over the country that are making a difference in their local communities, helping people to obtain home ownership, helping sellers to get rid of their issues and their problems in a very fast way. So it's a great thing to know what that's all about. And many of our licensees now, and this is what we recommend that you actually present this book to sellers. So the sellers can know that their home is going to be used to help a deserving family end up with home ownership. If that's their goal. Yeah, that's a, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, so Ed has a little testimonial for us. His millionaire jumpstart is great. The more you go, the more you pick up. Absolutely. Excellent. Thank you, Ed. I appreciate that. And we have three questions from uh, Carlton or comments. I haven't, I haven't had a chance to read them. They've been coming in so fast and furiously. Uh, and then we'll probably end up uh, have, calling it a day. 
So the first one is, so the cost to sell is useful to show the seller why it is more beneficial to work with us using creative financing instead of the traditional methods, right? That's correct. That's correct. So what's happening is they're getting educated that the final number that they're going to get on their closing statement is not the number that the uh, real estate agent would actually be listing the property for. So sometimes they see that number and they think that's how much they're going to get. But the truth of the matter is there's a whole bunch of things that have to be considered and accounted for before they get their final bottom line. So through that process, we're educating them, Hey, that that final bottom line is not going to look so pretty because it's the same for us. When we go to sell a property, we have costs to sell as well. So we're very familiar with those costs to sell. We like to share that with sellers. Excellent. Since the seller's name is still on the loan that we have now assumed, what do you tell the seller when they ask about their options after they leave the property? So exactly what I was saying before that the Dodd-Frank allows for that once that payment has been taken over by someone else and it can be proven that that payment is being made, then that won't be counted in them qualifying for another loan. And that's the most important thing. And of course, the benefits that come with those payments being made, that's actually going to help their credit and build their score uh, until they do go qualify for a loan to buy another house. So let me just ask a, a clarifying question on this, Lou. So I'm selling the house, you're buying the house from me and you're assuming the loan and I've been in I've default. So now you've brought the loan up. So six months I've been in default. You've paid back those six months. You've paid two or three months going forward. I can now prove that I'm up to date and everything else. So you're saying that my bad credit from six months ago when I wasn't paying is no longer on my credit score. Oh, it's there. It's there. It's a history. It's a it's history. A history. So that history is a history. And it's also adjusted as you improve on your credit. So you might've had a horrible credit score six months ago, but now that you're now being reported by the lender as paid as agreed paid on time. Well, that zooms the score up okay. so people can benefit from that. Okay. That's what I wanted to clarify. And the other thing I wanted to ask you about this was, Oh, so I, again, I'm the seller. You're buying the house from me. You're paying my six months in arrears. I'm now leaving. And I say, Lou, I need a place to live. Who should I talk to? <laughs> well, it might be that we might be able to have a house. We could actually, with the proceeds of the agreement that we're making with them. Now, this is kind of a cool thing that we've done and it's called trading where we literally will go find the replacement house for the seller and trade with them. Uh, and many times sellers absolutely love that because they don't have to go through the pain and suffering of resourcing that house. And it's most happen, most of the time it happens for sellers that, Hey, that if they go find another property and this property that they're selling now, falls through, they can't buy the other property that they went through pain and suffering and signing contracts on that property. They can't go through with it. So if we actually go buy the replacement property and then trade them for the house that they're in, they just love that process. So that's another offer that we make when they're looking for another property. So, and the reason I brought all that up was so everyone could start thinking about, wow, it's not just like getting this, helping this person in who may be in foreclosure or about to be in foreclosure or is in distress and it's getting out of that situation, but then helping them get into a situation that they can handle, right? Because you'll know, Hey, this is what they can pay on a monthly basis and we can find a place that is ideal for them and get them into that place. So you, you end up putting a new person into their home. You put them into a new home. Now you've, it really doubled your business. And it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. And that's what we, that's, that's our plan. Our plan is always for it to be a win-win for everybody concerned, whether it's the seller, whether it's the buyer, whether it's a lender, our plan is for everybody to win in the transaction. And when you do things in a certain way, that is exactly what happens. Yeah. So our last question of the day, they can't get another loan because their name is attached to the existing loan. So I was just wondering what advice we can offer our client. 
Well, then you weren't listening. Well, <laughs> no, he asked this. Time. He asked this before we just did what we were doing. Okay. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> so he had three questions in a row. You were too this busy is, typing questions and not listening to my answers. So no, no, he was listening. He was listening. <laughs> so we just we answered the question before I brought it up. So yeah. All so right. Now, now you know. So this is a not actually another reason. If they can't get another loan at the bank, then we can put them into a house. Absolutely. And that's one of the big reasons that we do the path to home ownership is that people can't qualify the traditional way at a bank, but we can be the bank. So, so to speak for them, find a property that matches their situation, the amount of down payment they have to work with and what they can afford on a monthly basis. And then we go about receiving that income and giving them an opportunity to someday own that home. Uh, and that's called the path to home ownership. So it definitely is a wonderful benefit that you're providing to people when, when you're helping people in your community. Wonderful. Well, we've come to the end of our time. Lou, do you have a, uh, a tip other than coming to Millionaire Jumpstart on the weekend that you want to leave everybody with? Well, just guys, pay attention, uh, you know, really get out there, tell people who you are and what you do. You know, a lot of people are connected to a lot of people and they are aware that someone else may be looking to sell a home, whether it be next month, next six months, a year from now, they're aware that other people may be looking to sell a home. They can tell you about that. That's what I call the stealth deals, the quiet deals that nobody else knows about. So definitely let people know who you are, what you do. I encourage you to become a certified affordable housing provider, which is our certification program, where we take you through an entire training process uh, on what to do and how to do it. And then as a result of that, you're able to build an amazing business. That's our plan. Wonderful. And the first step of that would be going to Millionaire Jumpstart, correct? 100%, 100%. That is the uh, great foundation. It is the overview of our entire business model. And we take you in that three days, we take you on a journey all the way from finding the buyer before you buy to buying the properties right, buying them cheap, to being able to hold them long-term and protecting all that you create using trusts. So it's a wonderful journey over that three days for sure. Right. So if you've uh, got a lot out of our time together, it's been almost an hour, please make sure that you like, make sure you subscribe, uh, hit the bell if you're on YouTube so that you'll always be notified whenever we go live. We go live every Wednesday afternoon at one uh, five Eastern and, um, I want to show you one more little video clip of Millionaire Jumpstart. So hold on. I don't want to give everybody a big shock. <laughs> and with that, thanks for joining us, everybody. Thank you, Lou, for taking time out of your busy day to share this knowledge. I know everybody appreciated it. And we'll see you all next time. Bye for now. Yeah, but.